You know, um, a lot of times we come in here and, and I'll preach. And, and when I come and preach, one of the things I pray often is, Lord, I don't want to come and speak about you. I want to speak for you. And um, that's something I pray that every time we gather together is that, that God's Spirit speaks in this place. But normally I'll come and preach and then we'll give an invitation. I want, I want you to know that today's going to be a little different. Because our invitation starts right now. We're preparing for the Lord's Supper today. And a conviction that I have as a, as a pastor and as a I, 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 conviction I have for our church is that we don't just uh, go through the motions with the Lord's Supper. So often, I, I remember, I mean, I've taken the Lord's Supper for a long time. And, and there have been times that I've come and just said, okay, that's what we do. And so I just kind of go through the motion. Yeah, I take it. Without stopping and, and really reflecting on the significance of the Lord's table. And so this morning, I want to tell you about how our church takes the Lord's Supper. If you are a believer and you're not a member of our church, but you know Christ as your Savior, we invite you to take the Lord's Supper with us today. Because that's an act of worship that believers all through history, since Jesus went to the cross, have engaged in and said, today we we will remember what Jesus did. And so if you are a believer, we invite you to take the Lord's Supper. If you're not a believer, today I pray that you, you open your heart to the Lord. Because today, you could, you could trust Christ as your Savior and, and take the Lord's Supper with us. And, but our invitation begins now. And, I, and, and I, I think back, I've thought back on my life this week of the many times that I've been invita- in invitations and watched the Lord move. Watched the Lord move people close to him. As a little boy, I was in, I remember going to a Billy Graham crusade. Has anybody ever been to a Billy Graham crusade in their life? I remember going with my family, and, and, uh, and I, was, I was in this invitation watching the Lord draw people close to him. It was incredible. As a youth pastor, I, I, before I came to Owasso, I was a youth pastor for 19 years in one church. And I can remember being at camp and watching the, our students that I prayed for, that I'd, I'd, I, would, I was in their life, and, I, and we were uh, at camp, and during an invitation, the Lord moved them, and I, and I saw God change people. Just a few months ago, um, I was on a baseball field in, in, at Oklahoma City University. The ambassadors, ambassador baseball team had just played, and, and, and I'm, I'm on this baseball field, and I got to share the gospel with, with these four teams and about 150 people in the stands at, this, at Oklahoma City University baseball field. And I watched the Lord move people, move their hearts, and I got to see God move in the hearts of people that, that I've prayed for. You know, last Sunday, right here in this place, um, we watched the Lord move during an invitation. You know what happened this week? In the first service, I got to baptize a mom. And right after this mom was baptized, her, her teenage daughter was baptized. 
And, and, and they responded to the voice of the Lord, and, and God moved in them. And, and Allie, who's already got her hair dry over here, she was baptized today with her mom. And, and they responded to the voice of the Lord. Well, we've been going through the book of 1 Samuel. And, and I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12 as we prepare for the Lord's Supper today. Because this is not an act of worship that we just go through the motions or flippantly embrace. This is one that we say, Lord, we need to prepare to take the Lord's Supper. And so our invitation has started as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper today. You know, in 1 Samuel, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago as Samuel preached the last public message that he ever preached. And basically, he's giving an invitation in this message. And if you look at verse 22, and stand with me, and let's read it together, if you will. Um, and let's read 1 Samuel chapter 12, and look at verse 22. As Samuel wraps up this message, he is brokenhearted for his people. He's not wanting them to go through the motions. He is, he is preparing them to come back to the Lord. And see, the Lord's Supper is this moment that we come and get right with the Lord. That's what an invitation is. It's an opportunity to get right with the Lord. Look at what Samuel says as he invites God's people to get right with the Lord. Verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. Because it pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, what Samuel is saying right here, and what's so important for us today, there's, there's really one thing as we move into this preparation for the Lord's Supper. Samuel right here is inviting God's people to get right with him. And in the Lord's Supper, when we come and take the Lord's Supper, this is a moment that all of us say, Lord, in this time, it's time to get right with you right now. It's time to respond to your voice. And can I tell you that this is something that we are called to do all the time. Look at verse 24. He says, Samuel says, For the Lord will not forsake his people for his name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Do you know that we are a church? Do you know that that's us? We are a people that God has made for himself. And what's amazing about this moment in 1 Samuel as we've looked at this book for the last couple of weeks is that they were rebelling against the Lord. They, they had rejected his voice. They were stiff-necked. They were saying, God, we resist you. But yet God looked at them and said, it pleases him to make you a people for himself. You know that you may have walked into this room and you've, you've kind of got your hand up to the Lord like this. And, and can I tell you that God is patient with you? 
And God is calling us to be right with him right now. No matter how you walked in here, no matter what you did last night or this morning or the condition of your heart right now, do you know that Jesus loves you? And all through Scripture, you see this theme over and over again. You see it in Samuel. You see it uh, through David. You see it through the prophets. You see it all through Scripture as the New Testament comes that, that God was strategically preparing the way for Jesus to draw us close to him. Samuel writes, he says, verse 23 as he breaks for his people, moreover, as far as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Do you know that God is always faithful to put leaders in your life to push you and to instruct you in the good and right way? And this morning, it's been my prayer that I don't speak about the Lord but that I speak for the Lord, that in this moment, the Lord is calling us to come close to him, to get right with him. And I want to ask you a question. Are you right with the Lord right now? In this moment, if you were to do a snapshot of your life, are you following him? Are you close to him? Are you right with him right now? You see, that's what the Lord's Supper is. It's this moment that we examine our heart, that we get right with him. And Samuel goes on and he says, verse 24, and I want, I want you to hear this word for us today. Only fear the Lord. Now, when the Bible talks about fear the Lord, that's not mean, oh, I'm afraid of him. That means, God, I'm going to honor you today. And in this moment, the Lord is moving us to a position, to a place in our lives where every one of us can say, Lord, in this moment, I'm going to honor you with the way that I live, with the condition of my heart. He says, fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. You see, we have a throne on our stage. We've called this series we said throughout this series, if you win the throne of your life, it's going to cost you everything. And we are a people that says, Lord, you are on the throne. That's what Samuel was saying. That's what he was calling God's people in this, in this incredible book. No, don't, don't replace God on the throne. Put him on the throne. And so in the Lord's Supper, as we prepare to take it, if you have your notes, I want you to write down a few things. And, and I, I would like you to um, consider a few things. Because the Lord's Supper is this moment that we are to look in our heart. We are to examine. We are to evaluate. And the first point today is, I, is I, the first thing that comes to my mind today is, as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper is that daily connections with God remains a priority. Did you know that you're, you have the opportunity to connect with God every day? 
And we are called to be close to the Lord. And in this moment, I don't want us to come and go through the motions like, oh, well, this is church. This is what we always do. Preacher gets up and preaches, and then he gives an invitation, and then maybe I'll go pray, maybe I won't. No. Or, yeah, the Lord's Supper, I'll drink that juice, and I'll eat that bread, and then go on my way. I've done something religious today. No. See, God invites us to connect with him. You know that you can connect personally, intimately, closely every day with the creator of the universe. You know what Peter said? Peter was one that understood this. Peter saw Jesus. He walked with him. He, he heard him teach. He watched him perform miracles. And, 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 and Peter's like us. We, we've, many of you, we've seen God move. We've heard him speak to us. And he's drawn us. But then there are moments that we've rebelled against God's voice, like Peter did. And see, Peter wrote in his book, in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. You know that God hears you when you pray? And so in this invitation moment uh, that we've are, we're moving into, there's some things I want you to pray. I'm going to ask us to stop and, and come to the Lord at different times throughout the next few minutes as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. And all through Scripture, you see this theme that God is attentive to your prayers. But Peter goes on and he says, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. But see, we, are, we, we should stop rebelling against the Lord. We should stop putting our arm up and we should say, Lord, we, we come close to you right now. We need you right now. And then Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.15, the first part of this verse, but in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. That you and I are called to be in a moment, and in this moment, to say, Lord, Jesus, I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to make sure that you are on the throne of my life. So right now, I want to ask you to bow your head all over this room. And there's a question I want you to ask the Lord. God, is my heart right with you right now? The second question I want you to ask yourself, ask the Lord. God, have I been obedient to your voice? Lord Jesus, we understand that the Lord's Supper is not something we should encounter flippantly or as a religious ritual. But we're to come to the Lord's Supper in a moment of humility, in a moment of honesty. And Father, in my own heart, I don't want to just go through emotion today. 
as a body, as a church, we can't go through the motions today. We, right now, willfully set you apart as Lord of all. We need you, Jesus. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now keep your notes. There's a second thing about the Lord's Supper. That, that when, when, when we come to the Lord's table, when we take the juice and we take the bread, we are to look at the cross. We're to remember what Jesus did on the cross. See, all through the Old Testament, though we're in an Old Testament passage, and though Samuel didn't know Jesus, he looked forward to Jesus. And see, we have the opportunity to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and recognize that Jesus fulfilled his promise. Because all through Scripture, God keeps his promise. And see, when we come to the Lord's table, we're to remember the cross, that the bread that we hold is a picture of the body of Christ, that that God himself left heaven, came to earth, and went to the cross for you. And the Lord's Supper is this moment together that we as a church come and say, Lord, we remember your sacrifice. We remember the, the, the fact that your blood was spilt, your body was given in our place. And see, you can't, you can't embrace the sacrifice of Christ without recognizing that we're to sacrifice for others. And see, the Lord's Supper always moves me to think about that, that this idea that helping someone else is a normal practice for our lives. That, that we are called to look to other people. We're, we're called to not be self-centered, not to be self-focused, but to be others-focused. Others and see, this is who we are as a church. If we are a church that comes close to the Lord and say, Lord, you are God, and we put you, we set you apart on the throne. Lord, we understand the cross that you went f- to the cross for us. It naturally moves us to become a people that helps others. You see, Jesus said it like this. Look, look at Philippians chapter 2. He says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. This simply means, this, Paul writes this, that, that, that we're to focus on others, not ourselves. This was the attitude of Christ. This is what he did, that he went to the cross for us. He went to the cross for you and for me. And, I, and, and it's important that we not forget what Jesus did. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant." Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on the cross. And Christ demonstrated that he was us-centered, that he wasn't self-centered because he was in heaven. He was God, and he humbled himself. He left heaven, came to earth, and went to the cross. And I guarantee you, the day that we draw our last breath, the day that we see Jesus face-to-face, and we experience heaven, that you and I are going to go, whoa. I can, uh, it, it, we will grasp, we will get the significance of holy God being in heaven, leaving that place, and in his holiness and power, coming to earth and going to the cross, being wounded for our sin. Isaiah said he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And the Lord's Supper is this moment as we hold that bread, as we drink that juice, that we say, Jesus, I remember that you paid the price for me. And so this morning, I want you to, I want you to bow your head. And there's a question I want you to ask the Lord. Lord, in this moment, am I self-centered? Would you just ask him? In this moment, would you just repent of that and ask the Lord to forgive you of that right now? Lord Jesus, so often we look at ourselves and we're so focused on ourselves. And Lord, I thank you that you came and set the example and went to the cross for us to remind us that we're not here for ourselves. Would you move us as a church to to not be selfish, but to be more like you, selfless. I thank you that in the midst of conviction, in the midst of our failure, you're faithful to help us and to lead us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. You know, when you take the Lord's Supper, there's something that I can't get away from. And it's this sense of urgency that I feel. The Lord's Supper is this moment that, that, we, that I can't escape the reality that our time is short. You know, as, I've, as I prayed for this, this day, I couldn't escape the fact that we can't just go through a day as normal. Time's short. There's an urgency. You know, over the last couple of weeks, um, I've experienced some tragedy, some difficulty. Um, just a, a week and a half ago, I, I stood right here and I preached the funeral service of, of our pastor emeritus here at First Baptist Owasso. 
Brother Dale Blackwood went to be with the Lord. He was 84 years old. And I stood here and preached his service. And, I, and we, we sat and talked. And as, as, I, as I, we processed the many times he sat with people who were about to go to heaven. And then I was honored to be there with him as he was about to go to heaven. And he lived 84 years, about, about two weeks ago. I stood and preached the funeral of a very, very good friend of mine, 43 years old, and he died suddenly in a tragic car wreck in Oklahoma City. He coached for the ambassadors, and just, I was, it was brokenhearted. But it taught me that life's short. You know, whether you live 18 years like Justin Sullivan, who was the catalyst for the ambassador baseball team when he died. Or 43 years like David Valorand, who unexpectedly didn't, he woke up that Friday, didn't realize that was going to be his last day. Or if you live a long life of faithful ministry like Dale Blackwood, life is short. And the Lord's Supper reminds us, it moves us to this sense of urgency that we've, we've got to share the gospel with people that we know. We've got to represent Christ in this, in this community, in this city, in this state, in our nation, in our world. People need Jesus. You see, the Lord's Supper is this, this sense of urgency because it, it, it's, it's evident because lost people matter to God. And I want you to know that. People without Christ that are in our lives, they, they matter to God. And it's important for us to hear this invitation to be right with the Lord. Because life is short and time is short. And the Lord's Supper is this proclamation that we are to come together and remember the sacrifice of Christ because when we take the Lord's Supper and we eat that bread and drink that juice, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Don't be mistaken. There is going to be a day that Jesus returns. I don't know when that's going to be. But I'll tell you, the Bible lays out the condition of the world. And folks, we must hear that invitation to come close to the Lord because we have work to do in this place. And it compels us, it moves us to this urgency that we've got to be close to Jesus. And so this whole service is an invitation to say, Lord, we will come close to you. You know what Paul wrote about the Lord's Supper? He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to participate together in an act of worship, celebrating the Lord's Supper. The fact that Jesus came and we will proclaim his death until he returns. And in the meantime, we've got to live with this urgency. Because if you've walked into this room today and you have not yet placed your faith in Christ, you need Jesus more than you need the next breath that you take. And right now, I, I, like, like Samuel said in verse 24 in 1 Samuel 12, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he's done for you. And can I be in front of you today and, and be a voice even to myself? Let's consider what great things Jesus has done for us. And, and I remember when I came to faith in Christ and I heard Romans 3.23 that said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I thought to myself, that's me. I've sinned, I've fallen short. I can't be good enough. I can't, I can't make it on my own. I, I, I can't perform well enough. I can't do it. And, and I have, the Lord said to me, you're a sinner, Chris. But then I heard Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his love for me, for us in this, that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I remember thinking about Jesus going, Jesus, you, you did that for me. It was, you took my place on the cross. And then I heard, like Brandon quoted, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Oh no, my sin, it's death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And I remember thinking, there's a gift, it's eternal life. Well, what does that look like? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, have you been saved? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? If you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? You know, if that's you today, I, I want to ask you to bow your head right where you are. And what I'm going to do right now is just I don't do this very often, but, but I want to lead, uh, lead you. If you need to trust Christ today, I want to lead you in a prayer that was kind of like the prayer I prayed. Now, there's nothing that saves you about the prayer that I pray. It's not the words that I say. There's not some magic formula that, oh, that's what you got to say. But if right now, in this moment, you're like, okay, Jesus, I need you. And you're speaking to me. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, in this moment I hear you and you're tugging at me. I don't understand it all, 
But one thing I do understand is that I need you right now. I know I'm a sinner and I repent of that. I confess that. But I know what you did. You died on the cross. You left heaven. You came to earth. You died on the cross for me. And you rose from the dead. And you're speaking to me now. Would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you change me from the inside out? Help me to live for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if, if you prayed that for the first time, if you really trusted Christ today, do you know that you're welcome to take the Lord's Supper with us today? Because you're saved not by your works, but by His. And that's the beauty of the Lord's Supper. We as a people say, Lord, we look at what you have done. So our men are going to come in right now. And what we're going to do is we're going to pass these elements out. And when, when you get them, what I want you to do is just take the bread and take the juice, and I want you to hold on to them. Because we're going to take it together. But as you hold them, I want you to consider the great things he has done for you. That's what Samuel said. Consider the great things he's done for you. So when you take that, Chad's just going to play. We're not going to sing. I just want you to stop and consider. And then together we'll take it.
to the best we can. We've prepared for the Lord's Supper. And Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, Luke 22, verse 14 says this, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And in that moment, they didn't get it. They were like, Lord, this is Passover. We do this all the time, every year. Suffer? What do you mean? Then Jesus said, for I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Okay. Fulfilled? The Passover fulfilled? And Jesus said, and when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And I want you to know, there will be a day the kingdom of God will come. And we'll see it. Right now, we see the throne by faith. God, you are on the throne by faith. But this is a reminder that there will be a day we will physically see Jesus face to face on the throne as our Lord and Savior. Verse 19 says, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for our sin. Today we remember what you've done. And we recognize that it's changed everything about us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Would you take and eat this? Next verse, verse 20. In the same way, he took the cup, and after they had eaten, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. See, Jesus went to the cross and poured out his blood. And like Isaiah said, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And it was the blood of Christ that was shed that brings us hope, healing, promises in the face of tragedy and even death itself. Jesus changed us. Lord Jesus, we remember your sacrifice. And so, Father, we respond to this invitation 
by remembering the blood that you spilt for us. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for us. And may we never go through religious motions. May we passionately, obediently, faithfully, with all of our hearts, remember and serve you. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Would you drink this? Lord, we've responded to your invitation today. And as we go from here, I pray that you would move us every day, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, until we come back again, that every day we would look to you as Lord of all. Thank you, Jesus, in your name.